the setup. I'm Chris Grace. I'm John Accardo. And it's Monday, December 9th, 2019. It's actually Sunday, but I figured we're trying to release these on Mondays, so I'm saying it's Monday. What's December 9th. Right. Oh, I just as you said that, this is bad content. I just checked my watch, and the date on my watch is off. November had 30 days, didn't it? Yeah. So I didn't set it. I re- it probably went to a 31 on my watch. I didn't uh, reset it. Sorry, I was a little confused there. And uh, Monday, December 9th. There you go. I'm t- also testing these new little boosters. That, I don't know if you can see. Yeah, we have Joel these, Kim boosters. We, yeah, we got, <laughs> we got boosters on the mic uh, because I kind of changed the setup here. Literally hey. The setup. hey, before we go do anything, take a look at this. Uh, I'm going to stand mm-hmm. and show you this. Chris is showing me his penis. I'm just, <laughs> just showing you this. Tell me what you... How does it look? Oh, pretty good. Are you, am I flashing anywhere? A tiny bit. He's doing a turnover pass, folks. Right, flashing? stop. I can Right here. I oh, can see that a okay, little bit. So wait, maybe if I was just lower then. Better. Yeah, yeah great. Okay. Yeah. Uh, just learned a turnover pass. Um, yeah, that looks pretty good. Oh, other than I, um, I, I could... Uh, hear the cards yeah like sliding not, as they turn oh, yeah, over yeah, so i should separate them more so there's like there there's i guess if you were to turn over the deck there wouldn't be a sound but i can hear like the card sliding right, not a right, big right. deal small detail okay, let me do it i'll do it next to the mic and you see if I, how silent i can make this oh because you're hearing this exactly yeah, yeah. Uh, oh it's hard to do it without it that. is yeah because then you have to go much lower i have to go a lot further back and then if i go further back then i'm more in danger of flashing I guess. right so what if I just toughen it <laughs> like that? Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm Chris, the coughing magician. <laughs> um, yeah, I just learned that uh, from uh, Jonathan Levitt. Oh, cool. Just showed me that at a uh, little meeting that we had the other day. Nice. A little private meeting. Speaking of Jonathan Levitt, I will be on a show with him, I guess, technically last night. Um, oh. Uh, I, I, if, when you're listening to this, I'll have done the Astonishing Show show at Rockwell, Table and Stage, which combined it's something that started a couple years ago that... Ben uh, Schrader and Robert Ramirez started like their monthly show, uh-huh. and uh, it's that combines Jim Henson puppeteers and magicians. Well, tell him that I'm working on Turnover Pass. Uh, wonderful, I, I will. I will do that because uh, um, I didn't. Because I mentioned it, I don't have a pass. That's the only pass I can do. Got it. Um, I don't. I can't do. Can you do classic? Mm-hmm. Like, do which one do you prefer? I'll do a classic pass. I, I, I know it better. That's like pulling this out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that one I don't understand how people do it. It's such a rare thing to do it. Uh-huh. Um, because, yeah, it, it's with anything more than a small group of three or four people, it's really hard to keep from flashing on some angle. Mm-hmm. So what's interesting about the turnover pass is that it's more based on timing and cover than it is like... Uh, it's, yeah, it's more based on... It, it should be 100% covered at its best. The turnover? Yeah. But a classic, you kind of have to... Right. Like, you know, yeah. Uh, so a classic, I I think I've heard... I've heard more than... I'm sure this is up for big debate, but I've heard more than a couple people kind of argue that a classic pass... It's really only good for very small groups, like during walk around, uh-huh. where you can sort of control their attention. You can get and get them to look up at you for a second. But if you're doing a full show, like a 20 minute show, it's gonna be really, really, really hard to to do. Of course, there are exceptions. I'm not saying that there's you know no one has successfully done a pass in the close up gallery, but a turnover pass um, has a lot more cover by nature. Um, um, if you like look at the amount of discussions about card magic online like youtube and that kind of stuff people are obsessed with all the different passes yeah and then when i actually come into contact with like working magicians mm-hmm. it seems like it's not that common right i it's not because of the reason i just i just said yeah uh, the first pass i ever learned was off a of richard kaufman dvd called on the pass from uh-huh. like the 80s where he looks like christopher walken's brother and <laughs> fun fact, just go look it up he kind of looks and sounds like christopher walken's brother more than <laughs> this more than the way he sounds but 
I also learned to pass. So that's where I learned to pass, and then I started doing it because the one of the first DVDs I bought when I was learning card magic was a Bill Malone DVD. Can't remember which series it was. It might have been On the Loose. It was On the Loose or Here I Go Again. Mm-hmm. I, I don't remember. And each of those were like three DVD sets. And he did an ambitious card. Bill Malone is um, uh, the bellhop. Yeah. Oh, okay. The same, he has a pretty famous and the bellhop routine. And so I learned a. He did an ambitious card on one of the DVDs that it, in it has a visual phase where you put the card face up and you bring it to the top with a, a riffle pass. Uh-huh. And in that context, it looks good because it's kind. Of, it's the movement I think is made to look a little bit flashy and interesting. Mm-hmm. So it's not supposed to be invisible. Yeah. Mean? So that is the one of the only contexts. Yeah. And if it's, I mean, I guess it is, there's also some timing and movement. He gives you as far as like when to move the card, you know, you mm-hmm. kind of cock your wrists up and down, um, in the sort of Bill Malone esque way. And so that was re- when I was pre- the most I performed it is mm-hmm. because it's, it's sort of intentionally up front, if that makes sense. Because mm-hmm. the card's face up and face right, down right, decks. Right. So there's a bit of sort of a, a flash that kind of appears on top. And, yeah. Um, yeah, so. Uh, I, I think I said this before. I also, I think I'm going to unsubscribe from the Reddit card magic right, subreddit because yeah. uh, I, and I don't, I thought I said that. I thought I did and I didn't. Mm. So, um, because basically people show tricks on there without any sound. So, and I just feel like it's a very unrealistic, uh, like, Right. The people are like, this is my best trick, and it's completely like a silent, them just demonstrating the moves mm-hmm. to the... And the, and the thing is, people get very refined as to... Like, there's color changes on there that are incredible. Right. But they feel like they've never done them for anybody in real life. Right. Um, so that, that worries me. Um, I, I worry for them. And, yeah. And because I worry for them, I'm going to cut off contact with them. Right. <laughs> Good idea. Um. So uh, I well, it's been a we had a two parter with Simon, right? Um, so we were away for Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. I, I was away for Thanksgiving. You were in town, right? I was in town. Yeah, uh, I was in Palm Springs. Right, How was that? Uh, I got to go to Marvin's Magic Theater Land Theater. It should be another M, shouldn't be Marvin's Magic Mansion. Ooh, spooky! You, you've been there, right? Um, I have. I will say, uh, and uh, maybe we should actually cut this out. Um, but it's up to you. Uh, I the only time I went. It was not officially open. Uh-huh. They're still doing like a cold open sort of a thing. Uh-huh. So if if you want to like review it, you're welcome to. Um, but given I was also just a guest of someone who was working there, like I didn't pay. It wasn't officially open. Yeah. I think it would probably be unfair for me to give any like review. You know? Um, yeah, it like, sounds like it wasn't a, a good one. No, 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 it was. I just oh, like okay. it's, it's it. It seems unfair to them that like. I didn't oh, come I in see. with a pretense. They of like, were in like beta stage. Yeah, it was yeah. it was maybe within a couple weeks. They were having audiences in, but it wasn't an official opening. So there were decorations yeah. that weren't up yet. Things that they're like, this is going to do, this will be this and this will be this, but they just weren't uh, quite all the way there. So just like positive or negative, I think it would be unfair to set yeah. expectation. But if you want to talk about your experience, by all means. Well, um, it was, by the way, it's Marvin's Magic Theater. It's in La Quinta, California, mm-hmm. which is one of the like... Uh, what is that called? The Coachella Valley? Oh, I don't know. Uh, it's, it's just from Paul, like next to Palm Springs. Sort of, yeah. So there's like Palm Springs, Cathedral City, Rancho Mirage, Indio. Cathedral City sounds like it's from a superhero comic book. Yeah. Uh, and then um, uh, La Quinta, which I, I wonder if this is where La Quinta uh, Hotel started. It must be. Or they both come from some route. Yeah. Like St. La Quinta. Um, so anyway, it's uh, I, I thought it was great. Um, I thought that uh, 
the theater itself is really nice. I actually yeah. think. I think it seats. I think they said it seats 109 people or something. Uh, sort of a really big parlor. Yeah, it's um. How big, How much does a parlor seat? 68. Oh, okay. Uh, so it's probably the seating of the palace. In between, yeah. But from what I, from my understanding, the stage isn't like enormous. No, it's not. I just I thought it was a great size. Cool. Because a good size for if you want to do Is it open seating or did you reserve a seat? Uh, I reserved a seat. Okay. Did you have um, good seats or were you towards the back? I was near I was in the back row, which is fine. Oh, like great. literally that's, a, that's the, always good to know. Like if you're in the back and you can see well. Yeah, the back row is still only maybe twenty five feet from mm-hmm. the stage. It doesn't feel it feels like a like almost like a college lecture room in terms of a, sure. a small a small one. Okay. Um so yeah, I'm trying. To, I can't. It's it's a really nice space. Who um, did you see performing there? I saw Mike Caveney mm-hmm. and uh, Tina Leonard. Wonderful. Who I did not know were married. Oh yeah. Uh, until actually, you see right there is the book that I got. I got Mike Caveney's mm. two part gigantic book. Um, was he selling that there? Or no, was... I got it right before. I had been wanting to get it for a while, and then I ended up receiving it like a day before I left for Palm Springs. Oh, cool. So I brought it with me and he signed it. Oh, that's very nice. He's a super nice guy. Yeah, very nice. And what was crazy was, um, as he was signing, he was like, well, my whole act's in there. So this is uh, Mike Caveney Wonders. It's a two-book set, Wonders, and the other one's called The Conference Illusions. Uh, but it was true. Like, everything he did in the thing, I then, like, looked up in the book. I was like, right. oh, cool. Yeah. And actually, I will say, well, I'm, one thing that I'm really glad to have learned, which I think I don't think this is exposure, is my favorite thing he did was coffee juggling. Right. And in the book, it's just like, yeah, you just really do this. Yeah. Like, which I was really glad about. That is my favorite bit of his. Yeah. Um, I, anytime he's performing at the palace, yeah. that's my favorite. Like, that's why I go to see him. Yeah. That's such a fun, cool yeah. routine. Yeah. Basically, he has a hoop mm-hmm. and he has a cup of coffee and he puts the coffee inside the hoop so it's balanced at right. the bottom. The, and the then, hoop is about three inches wide. Yeah. So then he just does all these tricks with um, mm-hmm. never spilling the coffee, like, Throwing it in the air, right. and in funny in the book, he says sometimes he does spill it. Oh wow, I've never like, seen him. Yeah, uh, he mentions that like um, occasionally, like he messes up and he drops it, and and that it just all it does is like validate the fact that he's actually doing it right. for real. That's great. Um, I uh, I also um, have seen I've only seen him do it in two places. One was at the Magic Castle. Um, I think the other one was at um, an AMA award show that he hosted. Maybe uh-huh. he did it there. Anyway, it's interesting. I, I bet you had a cool experience watching him do it there because when he does it in a big room with a tall ceiling, oh. the thing goes high. Oh, um, in the castle, he's you know it's a pretty relatively it's a small theater. So wait, he really throws it up to like? Oh, it goes higher than you think it should. <laughs> wow, that's cool. Um, and uh, uh, yeah, and then Tina Letter has some really interesting, creative, cool stuff. Yes, I had seen her do rings before. Okay, linking rings in the palace. Uh, in the palace. I've seen Tina Leonard twice with the little three-person show she does with Zabrecki and Arden James. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but I'd never seen her do the Mop Man before, which was fun. Which is kind of her signature. Over yeah, the last, yeah. You know, ten years. Um, so it was a great show. Um, also, who was the guy? Someone was doing close up in the lobby before we went in. Oh, interesting. His name is I want to say his name is like Andrew Gold. Golden Hirsch. Golden Hirsch. Yeah. It's very good. Yeah, yeah. Um so I think it's a pretty I think if you're in Palm Springs, I think you should definitely go. Actually, I think if you live in LA and there was someone you really liked on there, mm-hmm. uh I think the week before they had had who's the mentalist uh European couple? The clairvoyance? Yeah, they were there. Oh wow. Um so, big names. oh, and by the way, like Jeff Hobson hosts it, mm-hmm. and 
he's he's very much like a certain style, right? Uh, but I did enjoy it. it he's it, good. It reminded me of like a um, like a Fred Willard character almost. Interesting. Um, well, here's the thing: is like he did. Uh, is it just called Eggbag? Right. Uh, I thought it was great. Um, I like I've ever seen him do an Eggbag. I have seen people mention that. I've seen it trick done before, and I've also seen that trick mentioned as like, ugh, I can't believe you're doing. I have to do this Eggbag thing right. or whatever, and like. It's just the thing, like, if it's well done, it still kills. Yeah. And, like, and he, it's well done by him in ways that are not just, like, he's doing the trick well. He's got a lot of, like, banter in his Cool. Yeah, he's a very clever writer. That's very, very funny. Um, and, like, it destroys with the crowd. Like, Oh, yeah, good egg bag kills if it's done well. Um, yeah, I don't... Penn and Taylor have a really interesting egg bag. Oh, do they? Yeah, the trick itself is very, very straightforward, but oh. the presentation is very... Um, it's all about, like... Uh, um, having a plant in the audience, uh-huh. like how to prove they don't have a plant in the audience, and they basically bring this person up to like constantly scrutinize everything they're doing. Uh-huh. And it's a, it's a, it's you can find them doing it on you. I think they've done it on Fool Us, and it's an interesting watch. Oh, cool! It's the, the way they set it up. Um, I would say that uh, you should definitely go there. Um, I I got there a little. I didn't get there late, but I got there like ten minutes before the show. And mm-hmm. there there's a little pre stage area that has. Um, some kind of like like um if you go to Chicago Magic Lounge there's a little bit of magic in how you get in mm-hmm. sort of similar to the castle uh and i think they have something set up here the same way but i didn't get to see it cuz like i kind of saw it out of the corner of my eye right. but there was a little area that was like oh normally you'd kind of wait here and some kind of magical way you get into right. the lobby but at a certain point they're just like we'll just let them in uh so you would recommend going to Marvin's for people i would absolutely recommend it i will say it's a little um it's not on the pricey side in terms of like the castle can be expensive too. Of course, yeah, absolutely. Um, Do you think there was value for what you paid? I think so. Um, I could see it's Palm Springs. It's they've got retail rent to pay. It's sixty five dollars a seat, right. uh, and then you pay f- if you want alcohol. But there's no minimum. There's no cover. I mean, that is the cover, but there's no like a uh, two drink minimum. How was the crowd size when you were there? Um, I would say it was like seventy five percent full. Okay. Uh, it was on a Friday when there were two shows, so okay. I was at the early show. Got it. Surprisingly, I thought the early show would be sold out because it's Palm Springs, and it's. Right. Uh, I mean, I was maybe the, I was one of the younger people in that crowd. Right. And if you don't know this, Chris is in his seventies. <laughs> yeah, uh, I will say celebrity sighting in the crowd. I saw Derek Waters, who uh, created Drunk History. Oh, oh, okay, yeah. I so my that. assumption is that he has rel. It was over Thanksgiving, so like maybe he's got relatives. Got it. He's Palm very Street. good. Uh, anyway, you should definitely check it out. I think it's uh, it's a very very lovely experience, um, and it's a it's you know it's a good night out. Mm-hmm. It, it was a little surprising. It's in a it feels like a mall, almost. kind of like an outdoor sort of strip mall. Yeah. I don't know what you'd call that yeah. shopping plaza. Um, so at first it was a little bit hard to find actually, mm-hmm. uh, but anyway, that was great. Mike and Tina were great too. Yeah, they're so that's my Palm Springs update. Um. So one thing we had talked about doing a while ago, just kind of like, oh, this would be fun. And I thought towards now we're going towards the end of the year, all these podcasts I'm listening to, like film podcasts, do, doing like, their top ten lists and stuff. Yeah. Um, do and, you do you the Entertainment Weekly put out two top ten lists of movies for the year? Uh-huh. Neither of which had Parasite or Jojo Rabbit. <laughs> Fascinating. Um, the AFI put out their top ten list, okay, and that had um, now AFI is American Film Institute, mm-hmm. so but they did give they mentioned Parasite as like special award, like 
we can't put only American movies um, here, but Parasite was so good, they kind of gave it its own. Oh. They also, same thing to uh, Fleabag. Um, but Jojo Rabbit was on that list. Okay. Is um, that an American movie? I think, it was made, I think it was produced by American Studios, maybe, is why it counts. Okay. Um, they also had some stuff I didn't agree with. Um, but do they have Joker up there? They do have Joker up there. Now, well, Owen Gleiberman from Entertainment Weekly had Joker as his number one movie of the year. And a lot of people say that, and I, you know, while I may not necessarily agree, your your opinion of the movie was like, I don't see why anyone's talking about it, good or bad. Ugh. I was saying, I I think I skewed negatively towards it, but I get why people think it's incredible. And I, I like, and I do enjoy listening to critics really get into debates about yeah. ideas of it. Um, I think what throws people off is that the craft of the movie is impeccable. It's right. like, it looks beautiful. The score is pretty great. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and Joaquin Phoenix's acting is very good in it, but it sort of all adds up to nothing. I think Joaquin Phoenix is well deserving of a acting nomination. Yeah, for sure, um, I agree with that. I don't think he'll win. I think uh, it sounds like these two from Marriage Story are gonna uh, be up there winning. <laughs> do you think they're gonna win? I don't know. I saw a clip of it, and I was like, I've watched the movie. I just went up on Netflix, and I'm very excited to see it. Oh, it's on Netflix. Yeah. Oh, that's, that went the way of the Irishman. Uh, um, I personally think that almost every important award is the Irishman's to lose, whether you agree with it or not. Uh-huh. I it, still have not watched it. Um, I liked it a lot, but I'm also, uh, for, you know, from a ball-busting Italian family with ties to the mob. Uh-huh. You know, so it's like... Your dad paints houses. Uh, but my, I, I'm, I, I heard your dad paints right. houses. <laughs> I'm, I, I'm less... I, I'm, I'm not as far away from house painters as I thought I was. Oh. Uh, it's, you know, I I grew up with an old relative who was the daughter of a house painter i believe wow did you hear the uh the alternate title for uh, marriage story was uh, i heard you ain't spouses <laughs> 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 i saw that on uh twitter um, um I, I, now uh keep in mind that there's going to be some anti netflix feeling right. for especially from old uh, and honestly a lot of old voters will not see the irishman right now if you want to give the irishman uh i was talking to my mom about this my parents love the irishman it's their favorite movie of the year uh-huh. um i think that the irishman is very very good i just i i um i really like it would i'm gonna go to bat as far as best director for bong joon ho yeah, yeah. um I, I I think I'll get nominated. I don't think I'll win. Probably. My intent was to watch. Uh, I was going to watch the Irishman in that four part breakdown that that guy on Twitter did. Oh, interesting. Did you see that? No. Uh, the guy was like, "Hey, if you want to watch um, the Irishman as a miniseries, do it like this." And it was um, watch from zero to forty nine, mm-hmm. and it says like stop when this happens. It was like stop when Jimmy Hoffa takes a phone call. Right. That's episode one, and because I was like, that's really more realistic than me sitting down for three hours to right. watch it. Um, and so I started watching it and, uh, I, I didn't turn it off cause I didn't enjoy it, but I was like, I feel like a little bit like I'm watching cutscenes from a video game okay. whenever they go to like the young versions of themselves. Right. And it was putting me off a little bit. Sure. Um, but, uh, yeah. So anyway, th- people are making top 10 lists. People are making top 10 lists. Yeah. And months ago on the podcast, we had discussed, It'd be fun to do like a fantasy draft mm-hmm. of if we were going to sort of make our own illusionist store, like what would we put on, who would we put in it? So I thought uh, for today, it would be fun as we're sort of getting towards the end of the year. They'll be traveling a little bit in December. Yeah. 
I'll be fairly busy. It's not entirely certain how many uh, we'll be able to keep up frequently every week till the end of the year unless yes. we start banking some. And also, uh, I believe the Illusionists are coming to L.A. soon. Oh, cool. So we can kind of compare our roster against theirs. So I, instead of picking, you know what's funny? I might pick like two people from each of these to like put in my one super tour. But I thought it'd be fun to make, basically, if we were going to make a touring show of close-up magicians, a touring show of parlor magicians, and a touring show of stage magicians, yeah. which five would we pick? And so uh, I think it'd be fun to go through that so today. We're going to do five in each category. Five in each category. Uh, um, now they were close up, parlor, parlor. And stage. Um, Can we pull from anyone in the world? I was thinking, yes. I so and, and it's funny is it, it will be interesting. I think the way we build these lists, I think we'll kind of like if we build them the same way, we'll have more similar people. For instance, one one thing you could do is just pick the top five people. I ended up not necessarily doing that. I was I was really trying to look at this and like what could be actually a great show. So mm-hmm. you know, instead of having five different Spanish card magicians as my five close-up people, which would not be hard to assemble a group to do, as like these are the, some of the five best people. I put in you know, like uh, um, spoiler alert, one of these names is coming up. But like I could have Danny D'Artes and Woody Aragon in the same list. But I would I took I made the choice to like take one of them off to. Uh, put a different kind of act in to give the show itself more texture in this mm-hmm. fantasy scenario. So that's kind of what I'm um that's kind of what I I went for. In theory you could do anyone. I you know, I like I did not consider you know, I never considered Penn and Teller or David Copperfield right, or, right, right. or Darren Brown, even though if I really was making the best stage show I don't know that that would be the best stage show, though. I feel like it'd be... <laughs> not that they're not incredible, but, like, wouldn't it be weird if David Copperfield were one out of five people in a show? It'd be fucking weird, wouldn't it? Yeah, because... Would, I don't think anyone could get past it. You'd just be like, what the fuck? Oh, yeah, also because he would absolutely turn that down. Uh, any of them would, as they should. Um, but it just, like... Maybe maybe I was... But it just kind of felt, like, not within the spirit of what I was trying to do. Yeah. And I also, of course, I, I my, do whatever you want. Um, My... My... Uh, requirement for myself my limitations but it has to be someone alive and working right like right, otherwise right. just be like houdini and die vernon and <laughs> yeah um i will say that on I, I wish i had um more but i uh across my 15 uh, only two are female um, yeah i can tell you right now that i'm not gonna have a ton because i'm basing it on right like really people that i've seen mm-hmm. and like i don't think i've ever seen a woman in the close-up gallery Okay. Uh, I haven't been as often as you. Sure. So hopefully you have seen some. Yeah, next week when I'm in the close-up gallery, um, early close-up as a woman. Oh, cool. From Chicago Magic Lounge. But like, hey, I really just it. haven't. Um, yeah. So, so um, it's hard for me to say like, <laughs> you know, who I would be picking from, and that's my fault, and I would say the castle's fault. A uh, bit. Yeah, I, I put it the same way. Uh, I would say it's my fault for not like tracking more female magicians, and also just. In the world, in magic misogyny in the magic world for kind of you know. Well, um, also the thing is, the, the, uh, and part of it's also like I know of uh, women that are very well esteemed magicians. Mm-hmm. I just haven't seen them. Sure. So like I haven't seen either of the hosts of Shazam perform live. Mm-hmm. So um, I, from what I hear, they're great. Mm-hmm. I just haven't seen them. So it's, sure, it's gonna be hard for me to put them on right. a, a list. Um, so would you be? What's what like? What order do you want to do this in? Uh, let's go close-up parlor stage. I sure, and that's the order I wrote it then. Um, what's interesting is I have some honorable mentions for both close-up and stage. None for parlor. I think I like my parlor setting. Oh. Um, I have a feeling that uh, I'm probably changing my list whenever. Like, you're going to say a name, I'll be like, oh, I forgot about that person. Um, do you want me to give you my honorable mentions first? Um, hold on, let me just write one more name down. 
Uh, yes, let's hear your close-up honorable mentions. So my first honorable mention is uh, Dennis Bear. Okay. Um, wow, this is going to be a tough list then. <laughs> uh, what do you mean? Because he's very good. He is very good. Uh, but I have... Well, we'll see. Yeah, so well, that, what I'm saying is you have five people you'd rather see than Dennis Bear, which is pretty... Or he, you're also curating a lot. Yeah, I guess I'm, I'm curating a show, and um, I have a couple of people that... Uh, I fill that spot already. Okay. Um, as incredible as Dennis Bear is, and you know, don't get me wrong, he's oh. incredible. Um, so wait, that means you have Pitt Hartling in your top five? Uh, I don't. Oh, actually, okay. I don't. Um, <laughs> my other, this one's gonna shock you. Um, my other uh, uh, honorable mention would be Derek Delgadio. Oh, okay. Um, that doesn't shock me because he is incredible. He's yeah. probably as good, if not better, than anyone on this list. Uh-huh. But he, I think, flourishes at his best when he has forty-five minutes. You know, yes. if you took any one of those pieces by itself, it's a little slow and it's a little stilted, right? Um, because that's not the context it was made for. Right. Uh, he is a two-time Close-Up Magician of the Year winner at the Magic Castle, both well deserved. I think he's at his best when he has his own time to shine, and um, as an ensemble, I just don't think that's the right setting for him, as great as he would be. Mm-hmm. That's my um, so that that is a, a clear example, as I was mentioning earlier, of someone that like could belong on this list when it just comes down to raw talent. Mm-hmm. On the, but for curating a show, how the show would look best, and also maintaining an incredible high level of quality, I don't think that would necessarily suit him and put him in the best light that he should be. Mm-hmm. Um, which can lead one to debate even the very nature of these shows and how they operate. But here we are, and I'm having a little fantasy, so let me have this. <laughs> And my third honorable mention, these honorable mentions are in no particular order, it would be Jonathan Levitt. Uh, okay. I think Jonathan Levitt would also, like, he would be, in fact, I kind of, st- I don't totally have, part of me is, ho- you know, making a world where one person, um, MC, from this list, MCs the rest of the show. Okay. And he would fit in great as that. He's a, he's a terrific performer. Jonathan Levitt is just so good, so Charming, so interesting to watch. Mm-hmm. Um, two, two or three years in a row at Magic Live, he and Julie Ang did a um, um, did the general sessions, and it was the two of them constantly interviewing people. And I, every time they did it, I'm like, I would watch their morning show. They're just so good. Mm-hmm. And I, and when I the, the, did the longest stretch of Magic Bar hosting on behalf of Ben, and Ben would always book like the people that did it the most, like Kayla and Robert and Jonathan. Um, when it came to like playing in front of an audience, Levitt was like head and shoulders above everybody that I saw, and I did it for about I've done it about for about five or six different people. Hmm. Um, and you know, lectures are good. He he just like is the real deal, and so um, he's he's my my final honorable mention. My actual top five, um, in no part- I don't know how I could rank them, but um, can you are you gonna can you guess any of them? Do you think? Um, let me well. Uh, so I think you're probably gonna put Danny Duartes in here. Uh, yes, Danny Duartes on the list. Okay, yeah. your top five. Uh, yeah, that's the thing. He's the card guy. So like, I could also have Dennis Bear as another card guy, but like, I already have that spot sort of filled. You know? Oh, you don't have four other card guys in the close-up. Um, I, I have someone who does card magic, but they're not a card guy. That's not what I think of them when I see oh, them. I'll just, I'll just give you those to my list. Yeah, let's hear. Um, again, for texture and interest, I'm gonna go Andrew Goldenhirsch. Oh, okay, cool. Uh, Andrew Golden, if you've ever seen him in the close-up gallery, does f- and I have I have interesting stories about two people on my overall list. Andrew Goldenhurst is one of them. Andrew Goldenhurst is someone I've seen many times. He and all of his pieces in the close-up gallery, incredible, incredibly memorable. Not like a simple card trick amongst the, amongst the bunch. Anytime you see him, he's doing he's producing rabbits and butterflies and all this crazy and chickens and and this incredible stuff. So I remember about five years ago when I started dating my girlfriend at the time, I had mm-hmm. just seen Andrew Goldenhurst in the close-up gallery, and of course he destroys. 
So I'm with um, uh, this girl and a friend of hers. And a friend goes, who is like the best magician? They're like, who is just like the best that you've ever seen? And I never have a specific answer to that. Mm-hmm. You know, it's always changing. But so at that moment, Andrew Goldhurst is incredible. I'd just seen him. So I give him. I go, there's this guy. He does this thing with a butterfly. He folds his dollar bill into a butterfly and its wings start flapping. And then it turns into a real butterfly and just flies away. And it's beautiful and incredible and interesting. And it's how he opens his show. It's wonderful. She goes, cool. Cut to about a year and a half to two years later. This girl and I are still dating. Uh, her friend's name is Sarah. She goes, oh, we should go to the castle because she's going to be in town. She has her boyfriend's in town. She goes, let's bring them to the castle. It'll be a fun night. By coincidence, Andrew Goldenhurst is performing in the close-up gallery that same week. <laughs> so I'm like, we should go see this guy in the close-up gallery. He's really, really good. And I don't want to ruin a surprise. So we're in line. It's about a year and a half, two years after I mentioned Andrew Goldenhurst being super good. It's a coincidence that he's there this week already. It's already a huge coincidence. We're in line. And then she just looks at me and goes, are we going to see the butterfly guy? As we're in line for his show of the seven we could be in line for uh-huh. at the castle. And I, and I was like, uh, no. I like I, I didn't want to ruin it for her that a right, fucking butterfly right. was coming. But just what are the, you know, incredible weird odds and insane <laughs> coincidence. That just I happen to have seen him, so I happen to quote him, talk about him when she asked me two years earlier. And right. two years later, she happens to bring him up as we're in line for his show. Amazing. And then he opened the show by being like, I don't do the butterfly thing anymore. Right. <laughs> I'm a, uh, he goes, I have an invisible deck of cards. <laughs> yeah. Uh, by the way, have you watched any Magic for Humans? I've not watched season two yet. <laughs> There's an invisible deck in it. I was like, oh, this is, like, it was interesting. Like, I was kind of, um, it was just like a good mm-hmm. use of invisible deck. Right. Very simple. And I was like, this is very pleasant. And in a way that I was, that didn't feel corny to me. Sure. And also, uh, in the context, uh, people have lots of different opinions about Magic for Humans, but use of the invisible deck was felt good to me in the sense of like, Oh, I know that that's a real thing that worked. Right. And I know that it, I wasn't, uh, it wasn't edited in a certain mm-hmm. way because people have reservations about how that show's edited. Right. You, you know what I mean? Like, so I was like, Oh, I'm kind of enjoying this almost more because it's like something I understand how it works. Oh, cool. You know? Um, all right. I'll throw some names. Wait, did you say your whole name? No. So Andrew okay. Nurse is one. Yes. Um, in no particular order cause I couldn't rank these two would be, you said Danny Dartees. Uh, uh-huh. um, Eric Chen, I'd put on that list. Well, so I had him on my list too. Mm-hmm. I guess we could, yeah. But he wouldn't be able to do the, some of the things we'd want him to do. I, you know, I think he could in the right setting. Because he, like I said, he did it live to win FISM. That wasn't through a camera. The judges judge that. Oh, they don't judge it through a camera. No, because the judges are close enough that they can watch it. Okay. The cameras are like off to the side. It would be weird for them to watch it. So but also interesting that when it comes to black art, he, uh, the one conversation I've had with him when I met him is we were talking about FISM. And, and he goes, the thing is about a lot of acts that use black art is that it's really dark. He goes, my, the, well, my act, um, there's a lot of lights on it. It's very bright. Uh-huh. So I really don't ha- know all of the, the okay. you know, ins and outs, but it, I, I've, it, it, had has been performed cool. in front of people to win that award. I had I had him on my honorable mention. Okay, for that reason. For that reason, sure. and then I was considering moving him to stage. <laughs> for uh, that reason. That's also fair. Uh, and then I have two more. Right. Um, okay. One would be Aussie Wind. Oh fuck! I need to put him in. Yeah. Here. Right. But you know, to be fair, I've never seen him live. So uh, yeah, he's good, and he just he but, just Aussie Wind could also be in the parlor category. I feel like confident enough about him that even though I haven't seen him live, yeah, that's fair. That I would put him in, but and, I'll I'll put him on my honorable mention. And then my fifth and final one, and also my first pick for the list when I was making this list, I guess my top, if you're going to call it that, uh, would be Jan Frisch. I think oh. there are a few acts finer than that Fism act of Jan Frisch. Would you want like, to see him come and just do that? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I would give, you know, not out of quality necessarily, but like I would give Danny Dirtiz and Aussie Wind and Andrew Goldenhurst like 15 to 18 to 20 minutes each, and I would at Verich and Jan Frisch just do their FISMAX. Now, I know my lists are not going to be as cool as your lists. Right. Um, 
And because that's a given. Yeah, that's a given. <laughs> that's my five. So my five is Jan Frisch, Eric Chen, Danny Dertiz, Aussie Wind, Andrew Goldenhurst. That's a good fucking show. All right, let me give you the five. And I, I wasn't really thinking so much about putting a show together. That's fine. These are just people I'd like to like see. Like I said, I've been thinking about this for a couple of days and I sprung this on Chris yeah. this morning. <laughs> so uh, I would like to see R. Paul Wilson. Uh, he he was almost on that list as well. Uh, because in the close-up gallery, he is incredible. He's like, fantastic. It's, Certainly, it's, absolutely. In I, fact, he's my biggest regret that's not on this list. I would say he that is where he is at his best. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, also eye candy for Chris Grace. Yeah. Uh, Ryan Plunkett. Okay. I've never I, seen him. I saw so. him at Chicago Magic Lounge. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's pretty amazing. Cool. Um, I didn't see much of what he did. He, just, he was part of the walk-around guys. Mm-hmm. But uh, he was... Like a step up from the other, like maybe three people came around and did walk around right. just at your table before you go, and he was like doing mind blowing stuff. Cool. And also, I have his book which talks about a, a certain kind of deck. Yeah, yeah. Um, and ne- retroactively, I'm like, oh, he was doing some of that stuff at the table, cool. and it's truly like boggling to see. Oh, incredible. Uh, Mike is his name Elizande. Uh, Elizaldi. Elizaldi. I have him on the list because... Yeah, no, I'd like I, to, I thought about him too. Because I'd like to see what he does again. Right. Like, his show last year... Was it last year? Was yeah. it this year? It was, la- it, was, it was last year. Okay. Um, was creative enough that I'd like to see him do another show. I mean, yeah. I would go see that show again too. Oh, absolutely. But, but it was... I was actually shocked when he was not nominated in the Close-Up Magician of the Year category like yeah. this, this past year. So that would be one where I, I'd like to just see what he comes yeah, up with. And I'm also surprised he didn't do it again this year. Um... It might be that I have a feeling his show is like not as easy a show to come up with a new one every year. Well, I'm surprised he didn't do that exact show yeah. again, which would still play great. And, yeah. Um, uh, Arm of uh, And then these are two guys that I, I think some people think are corny, but I think they're really crowd pleasing, which who are John Carney and Johnny Ace Palmer. Yeah. Like both of those shows I've seen in close up and have. Mm destroyed audiences in a way that yeah. that much like more quote unquote cool close up magicians didn't destroy the audience in the way that totally. those guys did. Absolutely. Um so that's my five for close up. Awesome. Uh so maybe we'll like write these up and put them on the Instagram if you want to look sure. at them later. But read the, read your five off again. Oh uh Mike Elizaldi, R. Paul Wilson, Ryan Plunkett, John Carney, Johnny Ace Palmer. That's a very interesting list. I do I like yeah. it a lot. It's it's um yeah, that's that's also a great And show. I would love to see some more women in the close up gallery. So would I. So um Parlor. 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 Do you have five for Parlor? I do. I well I, I can't imagine we get we, we we don't have at least one of the same names. Oh, okay. Here. Um uh, let me go with my list. Because yeah, some of it. this is guessing a little bit. And some of this Do you is, want me to tell you when you've gotten the same person? We've gotten the same person? I, I assume we both put people in. Yeah, we both put people. <laughs> that would be my guess. Um so uh since we know that he can go into any of these theaters, I put shoot Ogawa into Parlor. Okay. Um uh, I've actually not seen him do Parlor. Uh, he'll be at the library bar next week while I'm in the Close-Up Gallery. Oh, okay. Um, so. But he's also won the Parlor Award, right? Oh, he's won Close-Up, Parlor, and Stage both all uh, twice. So he's maxed out. Okay. Um, this is like in high I'm school. I'm pretty sure makes him the second highest award winner there when it comes to showroom awards, um, just behind John Carney, who also has maxed out um, ah. the lecture awards. Um, oh, I see. And Shoot has won the Electra Award. He is not. I don't think he has ever won Best Lecture. Oh, but he's won go. Close Up Parlor and Staged all twice. So he's still got room to grow. <laughs> uh, anyway, I have, uh, who I have Peepo Shoot. I have uh, Taylor Hughes. Okay. Um, cool. And uh, these are two. I'm putting two people in. And I'm kind of cheating. I haven't really seen either of these people. Uh, I've seen one in the live, but not in the parlor. Okay. 
but I'm assuming he could do parlor. And the other one I have not seen live, but I just want to see him on stage. Okay. So I put Vincent Quo and Tom Stone uh, into parlor. Okay. So because Vincent Quo, I'm not sure what size his act should go into. Vin- yeah, Vincent Quo um, is an interesting guy. He could be in the close-up gallery. I, it, it, no, he did the close-up. I'd want to see the Fism. cube thing. Yeah, he did this exactly. It's this amazing seven-minute act. He did at Fism. I uh, was ranked fourth um, prize, I believe, fourth place at Fism. Uh, it's absolutely incredible. Yeah. Um, I will say without a doubt, with full confidence, he's the best Rubik's cube worker in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's like twenty. Uh, he's kid's a fucking prodigy. Um, yeah. And yeah, he could go into he could that that act is a, you know kind of what we were talking about earlier as far as like can you really do it in a small close up setting? It's right. difficult. So I would basically say like whoever whichever of the three stages he'd want to go into, I'd just be like yeah. do it there. Yeah. Um, so I'm just guessing so that the parlor maybe would be a good spot. You could do it. Yeah. Yeah. Par- in fact, I think that would be the best place for that act. And then Tom Stone, I assume, can do parlor. Yeah. Oh yeah. I'm sure he can do. He's done the parlor. A million things in parlor. Absolutely. So. Um, and he's somebody I would like to see live. Uh, interesting that the the le- least famous of the two is the one you have seen. Uh right. Uh, which being uh, Vincent. Um, so yeah, we have several of the same names. Okay. On our list. Um, so I'll start with the ones we have. Uh, yeah, uh, Pipo. Pipo Villanueva, uh, wonderful, wonderful parlor performer. Um, I also have a shoot in, in the parlor. He can go into all three categories as well. I think his my favorite material of his, uh-huh. being his picture frame routine and his uh, river routine, um, are both parlor-sized routines. So I just think that is where he's at his absolute best. But he could be on any of these lists and be wonderful. So I have Pipo, um, shoot. Um, I have Simon Cornell on this list. Mm-hmm. Um, I think... Uh, uh, he was one of my favorite parlor shows last year. He'll be mm-hmm. in the parlor next week, the week after I'm in the close-up gallery, the 16th through the 22nd, I think it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm so excited to see it. Uh, he has some incredible stuff, and he's wonderful. Um, my last two, so that's Pipo, Simon Shute. Um, my last two, is, again, this is kind of also thinking about like who could host this show if I wanted them to. And I was just thinking who is someone that has good magic and also just destroys. Um, so I put Harrison Greenbaum. Mm-hmm. Um, that that's a good spot for him. Uh, he, has some good, he does a parlor every year at the castle, and he does great. And my last one is actually one of the uh, 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 the two women on my list, uh, and that is Alba. Um, Alba's on my par- list for parlor. Um, she has some good magic. It's done brilliantly. Uh, it's the 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 care put in to make the sleight of hand um, hidden, and you know, it's better than a lot of magicians. And and she's fooling magicians, myself included, with tricks that I know um, done the way I know them, but invisibly when it comes to whatever moves need to be done mm-hmm. and uh and again she's just so she has there's such contrast uh in style and tone to the rest of these four performers she's a little softer she's so likable she's so charming she's one of those people that like 10 seconds after she's in front of the curtain you just like her and mm-hmm. it doesn't really matter what she's gonna do but luckily what she's doing it's incredible mm-hmm. um and so i just thought that was a cool thanks so those are my parlor, those are my parlor performers uh, people villanueva simon cornell shudogawa harrison greenbaum and alba yeah and mine were taylor hughes people via nueva shudogawa vincent quo and tom stone good these are good lists um i uh for stage uh i have a couple honorable mentions oh okay again. one of the- I, I have fewer like the pool in my mind is much smaller yes. for stage um there's one that i uh, regret not putting on the list honestly okay um and I'll explain why in a moment. But one is a guy named Yunke. Uh, Yunke came in second prize for Stage Illusions at FISM last year. Spanish guy, of mm-hmm. course. Just very, like across. What I was looking for in illusionists is people that were 
classic illusionists like that weren't being doing weird and stuff but doing it well i think a lot of illusionists are boring and hacky in my opinion mm-hmm. and it's just like so when i find illusionists who can do that thing but like in that classic way that is done hacky 99 percent of the time but do that well and without having that subvert it mm-hmm. i think it's very interesting UK is like that to me he killed at fism last year doing a lot of sort of classic stuff mm-hmm. but just done better it's like yeah he you know cool music Women in tight clothes, like it checked a lot of like the boxes that would annoy me. But then the <laughs> magic like, he was doing right. was good. Um, he had this sawing in half illusion where there's a big like, um, uh, what is the Da Vinci drawing with um, something of man? man? The, uh, something the you know, it's, you know, it's a guy yeah. with like you kind of. I want to say the extrapolated man. Uh, but it's this, like... You know, so it's like that, and he kind of straps himself against that, and his legs never go out of sight, and it's the sawing illusion where the the top half of the board lifts him the up. The Vitruvian man. Thank you, the Vitruvian man. So it's like his legs never go out of sight, so he just steps against the back of this thing and then does it. And so there's some, must be some brilliant like costume stuff, black uh-huh. art stuff. But then what was cool is that it fizzed him. So the thing's lifting him up about four or five inches above his legs um, as this giant Vitruvian man, you know, is, is he's on the top half of it and his legs are on the bottom half of it with the rest of the legs and the arms. It's really cool. And then he shines an incredibly bright light from upstage through it from behind him, ex- like to kind of eliminate black art. So you can see that there's not like a lot oh. of, so it was like, Oh fuck. And then, and then the audience is going crazy for him. Oh, cool. Um, so he is someone that like, no one really knows about him yet, but they should. And he's good. Yunke. Yunke. Y-U-N-K-E from Spain. For, by the way, I, I wanted to say some honorable mentions. I forgot. Uh, I, I would probably put him in close up or parlor, but uh, Jackie Yu, <laughs> I, I love Jackie Yu in a close up. Yeah, I think he's great. Third prize Fism winner, two thousand twelve. Oh, was he? Magic. Yeah, uh, his close up thing with the little chicks is wonderful. Great. He's so uh, good. And then what was the name of the guy we saw in parlor? I want to see who was Japanese. Who? Oh, Fumio. Fumio. We would say his oh, name as Fumio. Yeah, uh, he's my parlor. Oh, he was funny. That's yeah. right. He was so charming. Yeah. Oh, I love him. We kept saying Fumio. Fumio, <laughs> and you like start a chant, and then someone would do it too early, and you go, no, not yet. Oh, he was adorable. Oh, God, I forgot about him. Thank you. He was so good. Um, so my other, uh, my next honorable mention in the palace, uh, or just stage show, would be Hector Mancha with his Fism Act. Okay. Um, I've, as I, you can imagine, knowing me and my love of Manipulation Acts, um, that box is already checked on this list, so... Uh, uh-huh, we might have the same name for that. Oh, probably. Uh-huh. And then uh, my last one, just uh, which I don't think will be on your radar, um, is Guy Hollingworth. Guy Hollingworth has, is great at everything. I've never seen him, yeah. He's great at everything he does. The only time I've seen him live was doing his stage act at the Palace, and it's absolutely incredible. And he is sort of my regret that I couldn't find a spot for him on this list, but I will read my the names, and I'll tell you why. Um, so I might have seen him. Is he a guy that has, like, um, like it's almost like he's, like, uh, Cardini or something? <laughs> like... He seems is he kind of old fashioned with gloves or something? Yes, old sort of. He he kind of reenacts like he's uh, British. Famous, yeah, he's a British Hall style magician. He comes out with like an old fashioned microphone and a tuxedo, and he does a card manipulation act where someone picks four cards from the hmm. deck, um, and then those four cards keep appearing over and over and over again. And it's just absolutely it's it's simplicity done at its highest level. Hmm. So I regret kind of not having him on the list, but I still like my list. Okay, um, so. Uh, in no particular order, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll give you my, my obvious choices. This also has the other female in it. Um, number one is I, I don't think you can say you have the best stage show in the world that David Williamson on that list. So David oh. Williamson's my first pick. Okay. Um, my other pick, and this is what I, this is, this is who I was, I think of when I say classic illusions done well, is Kaylin and Ginger. Um, everything about what Kaylin and Ginger do 
based off of my own criteria, should be bad, but they're great. Uh-huh. Um, I think the big part of it is that they're clearly a duo. They're both magicians. She uh-huh. has her own very strong solo effects that she created. Um, her floating ball is one of my favorite pieces of theirs. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's part of it. It's not guy and assistant. It's two magicians. Mm-hmm. Um, she has agency and strength throughout the show in a way that... Um, even to this day, a lot of people still just like, oh, it's a guy and a girl, magician assistant. Um, and she fights back on that a lot. Um, and is, so- there, is there any uh, magician that's a woman that has done a... Because I know like the, the cliche is Probably. that the assistant is doing a lot of the work, right? right? But it would be cool if there was one where like they dressed as the assistant, but very clearly did all the magic. And then the magician was just like a model wearing like a tuxedo um i don't know if I've, i'm sure it does exist and be i've heard that joke be made before i yeah. don't know if i've seen it but i i I, be, I can't believe that doesn't exist the other um, thing that would be cool is if the if the magician if she just dressed however professionally she wanted right. and then just had guys in like the speedos like, yeah <laughs> I, think um, cool I, I will say i've seen some versions to the uh magician assistant trope like les arnold and dazzle mm-hmm um, where they're kind of making fun of that whole thing. Yeah. Um, and she like comes out in gaudy clothes and she dances, you know, and he's like has a painted on mustache and a cape. And, um, and that's a father daughter duo that are very, very, very good. Oh. Um, really, really funny. Um, highly recommend you seeing them. So uh, Kaylin and Ginger. Kaylin and Ginger, David Williamson. Now is when we get into my, my manipulators. Uh huh. Um, I, I, tr- I, it's a two Koreans on this list. Oh, okay. Um, uh, okay. Well, first, before I get to them, I'll say my other choice is just because it's so different and so beautiful. So what it was is I wanted two across the board. We'll just always slay David Williamson, Kaylin, and Ginger. Right. We'll always do great. That's why Yunke isn't on this list. I already have a great, amazing illusionist. Okay. And what's more important to me in a big stage show, and I've talked about this before, is is introducing to a commercial audience um, interesting foreign stuff. Okay. Um, that you don't really get as often as I'd like. So my, my guess is, I'm going to guess two names. Yeah. One is Reed Chang. Oh my god, I didn't put Reed Chang on this list. <laughs> oh, fuck my asshole. And the I other didn't put is, Reed Chang on this list. I was also, but he's not Korean. I was going to guess Miguel Munoz. Miguel Munoz is on the list. Okay, I have him on my list. Um, yeah, so, oh, Reed Chang. Oh, fuck. Uh, honorable <laughs> mention, and we'll see how I edit this list. But, uh, Just take him off the wallpaper on your phone. Uh, he is off the wallpaper on my phone. It has been for months. But you know who's on the wallpaper on my phone? Who? Kim Young Min, also on my list. Okay. Kim Young Min, um, you know, a lot of people recognize his name. Um, he got first prize in 2015 in General Magic, beating okay. Miguel Munoz, who got second prize. Um, losing the Grand Prix to Hector Mancha that year. But he has an incredible act where he's standing sort of at a pile of sand. Uh, oh, I've seen this guy. Yeah. Uh, Simon right, Simon and Snap. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, so he's absolutely incredible. What's interesting about his act is uh, when it's not live, it doesn't play great. If you find a video of it on YouTube, you'll find a lot of people saying it's boring and bad. Yeah. But live, it's one of the most incredible things I've ever seen. It gets standing ovations, and there's a real emotion in the room, specifically because it's the most symbolic of any show, of any, of any performer on any of these lists. Hmm. Um, his act is like all about... Like every kind of thing that happens is about something sort of being created and then destroyed. Mm-hmm. Um, so you it's know. about the Gulf War. Yes, yeah, about the Gulf War. Uh, and but uh, he, like, there's a lot of stuff in there. I mean, everything is kind of. I love it so much because there's so much symbolism about like, uh, um, you know, impermanence and you know the beauty of it and and everything sort of has this uh, 
has this sort of style to it. And you could just say that he's just doing pretty stuff and there's no symbolism, but he's like dressed uh, in the later versions of the act I've seen. He's wearing like a thorn crown. He has a sort of long, these long robes on. Uh-huh. And the music he's using for most of the act is um, from Prince of Egypt uh, from a song called uh, Burning Bush where someone me- where uh, oh. Moses meets uh, uh, Jesus. Oh, Lord. Um, so you can't look at that and tell me there's not symbolism there. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's, you know, and the whole thing, and Simon and I, when he performed at the gala shows at Visit, talked about his act all the time because the finale is he creates this ring and then destroys it as it turns into sand. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, it, and he kind of, we, we talked about all these ideas of like it kind of feels like you're watching this god kind of command things and he sort of creates this he universe kind of, out um, of a ring. You know, he kind of dissolves it, it as he He's like moving around it. Yes, it's beautiful. Cool. And so and so we kind of what mm. we sort of think that is in a fun way is like it's like watching a god create the universe, you know, see two trillion years of existence and then mm-hmm. kind of destroy it the same way. Um I just think that that is an important kind of thing that I want people to know exists and I want people to know more about that. Mm-hmm. Um whereas Reed Chang, as cool as he is, is just like incredible, like incredible magic. This yeah. like is incredible, interesting, unique, but also says has like real symbolism into it in a way that you don't see a lot in magic and I think it's very very important Mm, that's Um, cool and then of course my fifth is again when we're just talking about manipulation acts good strong acts and this is my other performer I have an interesting story about nobody in the world is finer than Yu Ho Jin Mm -hmm. you you just was he in Snap? I don't know did he do there was a guy who did a bunch of cards <laughs> uh no i think you're talking of someone else because by that time i don't know if he's with the snap crew okay. first of all and he's not the guy who did the uh colored cards on pen and teller no that's horat Wu. okay and it's uh is that guy not korean uh <laughs> yeah they all look the same are you talking guy. about the close-up guy <laughs> sorry that was extremely that was even racist coming from me uh are you talking about the close-up guy who did the thing with the light yeah yeah um that's horat Wu. also a fism winner tied with shin lim for first and he's prize. not the guy who did the sneakers he's from color. taiwan and that is uh sang soon kim okay i know my asian magicians man <laughs> um so uh yeah i i my interesting story about uh yuho jin and of course we'll have to wrap this up soon because i gotta uh, go is um Six years ago at Magic Live, he performed after winning FISM a year later as a big secret performer. And the rumor was, everyone kind of found out about this because it was such an interesting rumor, that he was in a car accident just before coming. Um, and he'd broken both of his legs, or like fractured both of his legs. And he was hmm. in a wheelchair for the whole week. Oh. But, uh, but he like stood up and did his act. Um, he didn't move quite as much. He does a lot of sort of shifting. He really stayed in place. You kind of, if you knew his act like I did, because I'd watched it on YouTube three trillion times, mm-hmm. you could see that uh, he was like stationary but it was yeah this incredible standing ovation because everyone kind of knew what was up with him is that on the final night gala show he closed with his incredible physic act um so that's one just amazing story and i never thought i'd have a more interesting yuho jin story in my life than watching someone who fractured both their legs stand to perform but last year at physic he hosts the final uh, the, the one of the gala shows, which was Magic of Korea Night. This is one of the best shows I've seen in my life. Not only because I love Korean magic, um, and there are some of my favorite performers, Kim Young Min, etc., were on this show, um, and other FISM winners, Young Yeo Lee and Han Seol um, Hui, uh, both incredible FISM winners with great manipulation acts. Incredible show. There's like this cool uh, Korean like drum um, uh, group, um, like the drumming dance group that did like 12 minutes. They're amazing. There was also this incredibly beautiful moment where they talked about you know Korean magic and how important it was. And they'd actually planned for months to have um, an agreement with North Korea that North Korean magicians um, would be able to come to South Korea to perform in the show. Mm. And that it had fallen through for whatever reason, like days before. Um, it was really kind of big for this point. They're talking about how important it was. And they're talking about how you could just see how important it was to the Korean community that they got to host FISM and how important that was that they now became, it was a real acknowledgement that they were a real center of magic in the world. Mm-hmm. And Yuho Jin is one of the most 
incredible magicians in the world, as people are translating for Yuji Yasuda, who um, ran the whole thing. Um, I, I believe that's his name. I, I'm not confusing that with someone else, but he he was like emceeing. He's gonna he planned the whole fism as sort of his thing. Um, he's taught he's sort of like the grandfather of all magic in Korea over the last twenty years. And you at the end of this night as they're talking about all these things and thanking him for all of his contributions, Yuho Jin is like sobbing as they're like embracing each other. And just you could see how important this was to them. It was truly mm-hmm. incredible. So he hosts the show and there's a finale act. But then the end of the show, instead of Yuho Jin, Young Gyo Lee comes out, and you're like, oh fuck, Yuho Jin's about to do his act. And you know you know it's going to be great. And that is one of the only Fizzamax of the last 15 years that I think holds up that like it would still win first prize today. Because mm-hmm. uh, as I've said many times, people tend to pull it, like move forward from what we've seen, but that still holds up. It, it was done, it was executed perfectly. And we kept saying that a lot of the, a lot of the manipulation acts we had seen like had a couple stumbles, a couple little things mm-hmm. as they're getting more ambitious, but his was still just perfect to a T. Mm-hmm. It was interesting. He's doing this act. It's incredible. It's already killing. Everybody loves it. Everyone's seen it a million times. About a third of the way through, a little under half of the way through, there's a little like and the music stops and he's in a moment where he can pause for a second so he pauses for about three seconds waiting to see if this music's gonna start back up and it doesn't and then he does the rest of his act in complete silence Hmm. and it was the most incredible beautiful thing i've ever seen in my life and the room was like electric so much so that all people could talk about afterwards was people was debating furiously if that was faked or not Ah. that was staged I was watching Simon, me and Simon walk up to Max Maven, who's one of the producers on these shows, and go, "That was tell me that that tell me that you planned that." And he goes, "No, I swear in my life we didn't plan it. Maybe they did. I don't know, but it was the most incredible thing I'd ever seen. Hmm. It was it, like the it was I I didn't think that I would be able to see him perform that act in a more interesting way than repairing from a car accident. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think he was one of the most interesting and strongest performers in the entire world, and that was one of the most memorable nights of magic I'd ever seen in my life. And I'll never forget watching him do that act to, uh, silently. So wait, you were saying right before he did that, so who who walked in? You're saying Yun Gyoli came on stage to introduce him. Oh, to introduce him, and that's him. when you knew that he wasn't. Like, I see. Um, you know the host anymore and you're like oh fuck he's back there he's gonna right. do it oh i see you didn't know if he was going to because he was like not in his outfit he was like in a different suit right. and he was just emceeing and doing like MC bits which were hilarious he's so yeah. good also for what it's worth i just want to give a little plug is that um he um um is doing a show in korea right now like a one-man show that shoot actually just went like for two days just to see it and he said it's amazing oh Even cool through the language barrier he's like i don't speak any korean it was very incredible cool uh let me blast in my stage list because it's not as interesting as yours i don't think i have miguel munoz as well uh, I stuck uh, Simon Cornell on stage. Okay. Because I figure, out of respect to our conversation with Simon last time when he's like, he's not going to do close up anymore, right. I was like, put him on stage. Uh, to host this night, I have Stuart McLeod. Great. Uh, and then I have Tina Leonard and Zabrecki. Zabrecki uh, should be on one of my lists somewhere, yeah. maybe the parlor list. Because Tina Leonard and Zabrecki can do their individual things, but I would also like them to see them do their Paper Moon, uh, where she plays harp. Right. And he does. That's I, why she's so good on that list, because she can do so much stuff. She can do her act, and then she can do She might cool do something shit. with everybody else exactly, on the list. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, very strong list. Cool. cool. Um, so, I'm you got to go. Yeah. And uh, we'll see you guys next time. We'll see you next week. Goodbye. Goodbye.